back to On the Block with Strick and Nate on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back to On the Block, 93.7 The Ticket. My name's Nate Brennan. He's the Husker Hall of Famer. Hell yeah. NBA fed Eric Strickland. Yeah. 402-464-5685. Starter Heyman text line. Honda Lincoln hotline. As Strick would say, the block is hot. The block is hot. We appreciate every single one of you texting in. Great conversation so far. And a few people are taking shots at me, Strick, because they said that I am not Nebraska built different. I don't know what cold is. I'll be the first to tell you I don't know what cold mm-hmm. is. And this game kind of scares me this weekend. I'm not going to lie. And I'm glad that I'm not playing in it. But that's beside the point. Again, you can check us out also on the Sarder Heyman Jewelers video stream, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. We love to hear from all of you on those platforms as well. Shout out to all you guys for listening. We appreciate you as always. And we're going to head to the Honda Lincoln Hotline where we have one of my old buddies, 24-7 Sports, Andrew Alex. Andrew, it looks like kickoff for the game this weekend against Wisconsin is 25 degrees, 18 mile an hour winds. Can you think of better football weather for a Big Ten uh, West matchup? <laughs> well, first of all, you're not built different, my friend. You are, <laughs> I mean, you're built different, but I, I don't know if you're built different in a good way. But nonetheless, <laughs> shout out to all the people taking shots at you. Right. I, I'm with you all the way on that. But yeah, I mean, it's Big Ten football for you, baby. It's what it comes down to. It's what it's all about. And uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure that uh, both teams are, are just jumping for joy for the opportunity, put the ball on the ground, and uh, you know, good old hard nose. Big Ten football. What it's all about, my friend. It is Big Ten football, and I hope uh, this weekend you change your allegiance from the Badgers to the Huskers, but I'll let you go ahead and talk about that in a second because uh, I want to get your thoughts on this because I know you're much like me. You follow the Vegas lines. Uh, Nebraska dropped as far as a 14-and-a-half, 15-point underdog. It turns out today Mickey Joseph at the press conference would say that Casey Thompson will play and likely start, and now the line has dropped all the way down to 9-and-a-half. Um, does that make you more confident, less confident in this Nebraska team, or does that just show that basically Casey Thompson has to be playing in order for them to win? Well, uh, let's let's not be mistaken here, Nathan. The when it drops from fourteen to nine and a half, I don't think that everyone's necessarily saying that Casey Thompson's going to surely lead them to victory, right. but I also don't think there's much of a doubt that he's the best quarterback on this roster. Right. Cuba Purdy, you know, no touchdowns, three interceptions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 46% completion percentage. I, I just don't think that he ain't it. Yeah. He ain't it. Logan Smothers ain't it either. Casey Thompson has a proven track record. Uh, you know, maybe not the Heisman candidate that, uh, you know, one Nathan Brennan might have played him after he <laughs> going into the season, but to. albeit, you know, I mean, we had a similar situation last year at Virginia Tech. I think, to preface this, I do think Casey Thompson is better than Braxton Burmeister. Yes, he is. But, you know, Braxton Burmeister wasn't great, but he was better than anything else they had. They weren't going to win any games without him, so you better hope. You wish you had a better quarterback overall, but you take what you can get. You want the best guy out there on the field. I think, it, uh, you know, it's good news for Nebraska to get their guy back there. Uh, you know, if they want any hopes of, you know, trying to pull some upset victories here as the season rounds out to a close. 
Yeah, here, uh, before we get to around the country, I know Strick asked some questions for you. I just got to ask you, uh, Big Ten West coming down to the wire. Unfortunately uh, for us, Coastal Chaos is done. But Big Ten West is coming back for another season, and uh, Big Ten West Chaos hopefully here to stay. Looks like uh, Illinois will have Michigan this weekend, so they're probably out of it. And then it becomes a three-man race between Iowa, Minnesota, and Purdue. Now, Iowa and Minnesota will play each other, and we've been talking about it extensively. Uh, Iowa doing what Iowa does on the defensive side of the football. If you are a betting man, which I know you are, who are you taking to win the Big Ten West? Ooh, it's a tough call, Nate. It's a tough (laughs) call, but part of me wants to go with Minnesota, I think. I mean, look, I I think that Iowa's offense is just too stagnant. I see Minnesota as a heavy favorite in that contest. And then ultimately, it's going to come down to a road contest against Wisconsin. The Badgers have just been very, 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 very hit or miss Mm -hmm. all season long. But the performance against Iowa last week – you know, being held to just 10 points in that game yeah. uh, leads me to believe that they are not rounding into form, per se, year late in the season. So I'm going to go with Minnesota. Ooh. I like the way they can run that football. And I think that, uh, you know, the 7-3 and three Gophers very well could end up being your Big Ten West champion, for whatever that's worth. Mohamed <laughs> Ibrahim is the real deal. Yeah. Double A. Um, what's going on, my guy? Listen, I got something that I want to throw out to you because I am, I am, I'm one to know that your intellect and your thoughts on this could possibly give me a little bit more insight to what I'm seeing. All right. So let's go to the college football rankings, right? This, this is something I just want to throw at you. Obviously, Georgia's number one, Ohio State two, Michigan three. Texas and uh, I mean sorry TCU is four. Then you have sitting on the outside looking in is Tennessee, LSU, who is going to po- most likely going to be playing in the the championship um, game there in the SEC. Now, I've got something with USC that could possibly move them into place. Now, I'm just going to hear your perspective. Do you think there's any way or pathway? for USC to leapfrog, and I'm not talking TCU frogs, but to leapfrog (laughs) any of those circumstances that are sitting there before them, even though LSU is playing against Georgia and the only thing that can really pretty much oust them is a loss. Go ahead. Uh, So we're talking about leapfrogging USC into the college football play. Yes. Do you see a pathway? Uh, I suppose there is a pathway, albeit trick. I don't think it's a very likely one. First of all, USC, you know, their schedule that's ahead of them at this point is going to be the most challenging schedule that they've faced all year, right? Right. That's what. That's UCLA. why I think they got a chance. But go ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're, you have UCLA and then Notre Dame, and you got to win the Pac-12 championship. Mm-hmm. All of that right there has to happen. Got to win out. But that will be a heck of a re- resume builder for them now around the country. What else do we have to look at? Well, first of all, TCU's got to lose. they got to lose someone. They have an opportunity right. to Baylor this week. Uh, Ohio State, Michigan, one of them will take care of the other. You probably need Georgia to just absolutely wreck LSU mm-hmm. in that championship game. So at that point, in this circumstance that I've played out for you, you have Michigan out, you have TCU out, 
Tennessee probably in at that point, assuming that, you know, they don't lose to South Carolina or Vanderbilt in their final two contests. I don't envision either of those losses happening right now. So we'd be looking at a Georgia 1, Ohio State 2, Tennessee 3, and then maybe TCU has to lose the Big 12 championship at that point to put a definitive stamp on USC making it. Otherwise, it is going to be up to the committee who I do believe a one-loss USC versus a one-loss TCU just the strength of schedule for TCU would probably get them in. So to be safe for the Trojans, you probably need two losses. But at the same time, I mean, Pac-12, you currently have six ranked teams. Yes, half of the conference. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Ranked. Oregon, Utah, UCLA, Washington, and Oregon State all in there. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's not <laughs> – now, That's why I was thinking. Fair, I was like, wait a minute. I mean, I, they're sitting there kind of on the outlier space. Tennessee's really sitting in the best position. Yeah. They don't even got to face anybody. They've done their work. And if everybody else drops the ball, they just slide right in. So they've done. The, they've, they've got, the I think, the easiest pathway. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, for the record, I believe that Tennessee uh, deserves it. I agree. Based on the season that Hendon Hooker and them have put together there. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, for, for USC – you got to take it one game at a time, right? First, you got to beat UCLA. <laughs> then you got to beat Notre Dame. Then you got to play Oregon or presumably Utah. We talk about the strength of this Pac-12 district. Well, there's six ranked teams in it. I guess UCLA or USC is one of them. To this point, they have only beaten two teams that are currently ranked. If they run the table on the way down, it will be up to five ranked opponents that they've beaten. That's a heck of a resume. Perhaps the football that's being played out there on the West Coast is nothing to scoff at. So if I'm Lincoln Riley and I'm USC, the dream isn't necessarily dead just yet, but you got a lot of work to do. Well, Andrew, uh, Andrew Alex, 24-7 Sports, joining us right now. Andrew, you were very quick to kind of throw Michigan slash Ohio State loser of that game out of the playoff, and and I've seen some analysts saying that, Depending on how that Big Ten championship game goes, they would put both of them in. Do you think that that's a possible scenario, or do we again look at it that TCU would have to lose for that to be the case? Uh, I would say that TCU would probably have to lose for that to be the case. They're not going to leave an undefeated TCU out of there. It's just I don't see it. I don't envision it. In terms of Michigan, you know, the strength is just, you know, at this point, if you're Michigan, you have you have to win. Penn State is your best win, mm-hmm. and your second best win is at that point Iowa. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess you have to win. And, but again, when you're Michigan, though, we talked about this weeks ago, boys. We talked about this weeks ago. They had the patty kick schedule in the non-conference, mm-hmm. and now it, it kind of, you know maybe things didn't play out in terms of the strength of the Big Ten in the way that. You know, it might be expected to be year to year, but, you know, their their most impressive win just ain't all that impressive. So if that's, if Ohio State is your lone opportunity to impress the committee, that's a challenging position to be in. You basically have to win that game. So saying that it's going to be Ohio State versus Michigan, 
with Ohio State as the victor, and then you have to stack yourself up against a one-loss Tennessee if you're Michigan. Mm-hmm. Tennessee's got a heck of a resume that Michigan can't even scratch the surface of. So at that point, yeah, I think a TCU does have to lose at that point. Uh, you know, it, it's unfortunate for Michigan because, you know, they're they're victims of their own conference circumstance at this point. But yet, uh, on the same note, you're a premier college football program schedule like one in the non-conference. And then you don't have to, you know, rest on your laurels at the end of the year when you're looking for beating number two Ohio State as your only opportunity for a quality win. Yeah, and I think that was the problem. We had talked about that. When you schedule Hawaii as one of your non-conference games, turns out that's not going to look great for the committee towards the end of the season. Andrew Alex, 24-7, joining us right now. Before we go over some of the, the games happening this weekend, want to have you break down a couple of them before we go. Uh, last question I have for you. You know I'm an ACC guy. You're an ACC guy. Uh, I think UNC has been a little bit disrespected. They're now the lowest-ranking seed out of the one-loss opponents, and I've been making the argument around here, there's a path for UNC to possibly get in the playoff. Now, a lot of dominoes would have to fall in order for that to happen. Is this just an indication that the the ACC blow-up is probably going to happen sooner than later? Uh, I don't necessarily know if it's an indication of that. I think that, you know the results on the field in any given season aren't necessarily uh, indicative of what's going to happen with the future of the ACC. Unfortunately, uh, a lot of the factors that play into that happened in uh, poorly managed boardrooms years ago as network ago. deals were being struck, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, yeah, in terms of North Carolina, yeah, I mean, like, look, Drake May is a dog. Mm-hmm. He is an absolute dog. The numbers, uh, you know, they don't lie. Drake May, 3,412 passing yards, 34 touchdowns to three interceptions. I said it last week. I'll say it again. He very well could be, two years down the road, the number one quarterback taken in the NFL draft. He is certainly trending in that direction. That being said, you know, they, they haven't beaten a ranked opponent. They played Notre Dame. It wasn't particularly close. Uh, and they have had some close calls against lesser opponents. Uh, you know, only a three-point win against UVA. My thoughts and prayers with the UVA football program and the Charlottesville community as well. Absolute tragedy that happened over there earlier this week. Uh, against Duke, they had to literally come back in the final moment. Now, Duke is a good team this year. That's can't be your like best win of the season though. Come on. And then again, Miami also struggling a little bit three point victory there. They just beat wake forest by two points last week. Wake's had an up and down year. They don't really have any quality wins. So I understand why the committee is not putting too much respect on their name. I do not really think this is a team with any path to the college football playoff at all whatsoever. Uh, you know, even if they went out, I think that a, a situation where Carolina wins out finishes the season, you know what, like 11 and one, it would be a require beating Georgia, Georgia tech, NC state and Clemson. I think that puts them probably at like six in the final college football playoff. Ranking. Double You're crushing me. No, strict. I said, there's a path and strict kept telling me no negative. Strip kept, well, Jory says Mitchell Trubisky looked good too. Well, Mitchell Trubisky wasn't putting up Drake may type numbers. I'll tell you that much. Mitch Trubisky was just a head scratcher from day one. All right. The question I got for you, I got uh, just one game that I want you to tell me your thoughts uh, because this one, like we talked about earlier is going to have some playoff implications. So it's going to be played at the Rose bowl at UCLA USC, a two and a half point favorite on the road. Do they, get it done and keep their playoff hopes alive oh it's a big one nate it's a big one and 
there's one thing that, you know, a lot of you folks probably don't know about Nathan Brennan. This man watched the same Elite 11 video like 10,000 <laughs> times in hopes that Quincy Patterson, a one-time Virginia Tech commit, was on the roster for a couple of years. Nathan deemed him to be the truth. Now he is currently the backup quarterback at Temple. But <laughs> it didn't work regardless, <laughs> one guy from that class that did end up being the truth his name is Dorian Thompson Robinson from Las Vegas, Nevada. And he is playing really, really well for UCLA this year. You know, it, it is funny, right? Because this is such a big matchup. And USC, Lincoln Riley, all the transfers, Hollywood, you have Colin Coward ringing the bell all offseason long. <laughs> Coming to the Last, Big Ten. All of it. All Coming of it. The season. Man, double A, man. Listen, we love it when you we have you on Thirsty Thursday. I, I, <laughs> I would love to have Thursday. you after Thirsty Thursday because of all the knowledge you be dropping. You've got great insight, so we appreciate you continuously coming on the show. Please continue to do so, Thirsty Thursday. Hey, I appreciate it. And to tell you, my pick, Chip Kelly, slowly building a monster during that offseason while the Ooh. entire you know national media was focused on USC. I like UCLA to win this one. Ooh. I don't know. I, I, think, I think the playoff hopes for the, uh, the Trojans die at the Rose Bowl. Mm. Well, Bo Nix certainly knows something about playoff hopes dying, unfortunately, for Rico over in the other studio. Before I let you go, Virginia Tech up by eight. I'm sweating this one out here in studio. Do they pull it out? Six now. Yeah, yeah they'll be, they should Six. be fine. Uh, God willing, they'll be fine. I told you, though, you got to be, you know, be careful with these spreads. got to be careful with these spreads, especially this early in the season with a team like Virginia Tech that lives and dies by the three. But you know what? Hopefully next week we'll be here. We'll talk about the uh, Virginia Tech Hokies men's basketball team, Charleston Classic uh, champions. I guess it'll be Thanksgiving, so we probably won't be talking. But nonetheless. Boom. That's right. And you know who won the <laughs> Charleston Classic last time they went there, Strick? Virginia Tech Hokies. Andrew, we appreciate you as always. Hopefully we're talking about Virginia Tech basketball success, Nebraska basketball success, and hopefully a win against Wisconsin to end out the season. We appreciate you as always. We'll talk to you here in a couple weeks. A pleasure to be with here with you, my clown friend, and with Nebraska <laughs> ball legend, Eric Strickland. Go Big Red, my friend. Go Big Red, That's brother. That's right, Andrew. We appreciate you as always. There he goes, one of my buddies from back home, Andrew Alex, breaking down some college football talk for us, Strick, as he always does. Uh, Virginia Tech up 10 now, so I'm not sweating as much, but... That's what we've been doing here in studio. I've been sweating bullets in this uh, watching Virginia Tech basketball. His trick has just been uh, not even really worried about it because he's worried about St. John's in Nebraska. We're going to break it down in the second hour, but first got to play some shootout with Strick, 402-464-5685. Honda Lincoln Hotline, we want to hear from you. Call us now, $15 Buffalo Wings and Rings on the line, on the block. 